Welcome back, soccer fans, to the Americans Abroad Soccer Podcast. This is our final podcast of the year. Uh, I guess you call it a year-end special. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, I'm your host, Johnny Morton, joined by my son, Cole, in person as he's home for Christmas. That's right. Um, And so what we want to do is, hey, we want to look back first at 2023. What are some of the big moments? What are the things that we remember and may be different than from what you have? And then we're going to look forward to the next year. Uh, we're going to predict the outcome in each of the major leagues. And we'll also see what do we want, what are our expectations for the USMNT coming up in 2024? What would we like to see happen? And uh, so we'll just see where this goes. So let's start off and... Why don't we do our, how about we do our good, bad, and ugly for the year? Oh, that's good. 2023. Okay. And uh, this is all done off the cuff here, guys. So we probably have it thought somewhere back in our mindset. So let's look back at the good, the bad, and the ugly for 2023. And these are standouts to us. And this can be anything. This is not just the USMNT, but anything to do in the world of soccer. So. You got anything that comes to mind first for your good for 2023? My good. My good for 2023. I was going to start with my ugly. but Start with your ugly. You can start wherever you want to. It's our podcast. My, in bad or ugly, which is like the performance one, which is the, just something. I, which is which? Is which? I always think ugly is something that may not be performance, but maybe okay. it's just a whole just a whole situation and thing that's okay. just ugly. Performance would be bad, or a choke, or something like that. My my ugly would be. It's been a rough, probably six months for VAR. They've had a rough. Uh, it's been rough in England, specifically. I would say refereeing. They've had a lot of problems. People have really complained. A lot of teams and have been really disappointed in the level of refereeing in England this year. Obviously, yeah, can you, you imagine that, the champion? I mean, the Premier League as close as it may end up being if Liverpool right. end up losing by a point yeah, so you have obviously, when they should have drawn. You have obviously the Liverpool-Tottenham game, which was the big one. But then you have tons of others. I mean, yesterday I think about there was a red card in the Nottingham game that was terrible. It was the second yellow, so you couldn't even review it on VAR, but it was just a horrible call. Yeah, um, red cards have been a so big deal in Premier League it's this just, year. I think, and they've given out a lot of red cards. I think it feels like maybe 10 years ago, the refs, you know, feel so quick to give out a second yellow, where it's like one little thing where they kick away the ball, where they shout at the ref. Even the second two yellows for Dallow and the... Liverpool game, I thought, was pretty aggressive from the ref, where it's like, maybe 10 years ago, I feel like the ref's like, has a word with him, like, hey, no more, and that's all it is, where now it's, they're so quick to book you. Well, some of that, some of that's that new emphasis, because the refs have taken such abuse from players that they told them don't put up with it. For sure, but I don't think it's exact, I mean, it's so been so inconsistent, first of all, it's like, there's no consistency because you see people still signal all the time for yellow cards and not get them. But then sometimes you'll see someone get a second yellow for doing it, and you're like, where's the consistency in the refereeing? And so I think it's been 
it's been a bad year for VAR overall. What would you do to change it? Is there anything? I don't know. I think they have gotten too much into re-refereeing versus, like, just major decisions. And, you know, the Liverpool game, Tottenham game, that was a different thing. That was more of a miscommunication, which is another another conversation. But I think it's more that they've gotten into re-refereeing, where it's, okay, it's questionable, and the ref made, you know, his own decision on the field based on what he saw, and then you're getting someone watching a, a video in slow motion. They're making their own decision. It's totally changing. It's just they're just re-refereeing it at the monitor. Rather than, okay, this is a completely blatant, obvious, wrong decision. We're going to change it. And I think it's just gone too much away from that. Where I think even when it first debuted, say like the World Cup, I thought it did a pretty good job of back, way back when they way first back. introduced it. I thought it did a good job of it. Only It didn't interfere as much as now they're seeming to try and interfere and really change the game by you have so many delays because they're taking everything to the booth. They're refereeing everything from the monitor, and I just don't think that's the answer to it. Yeah, part of the problem is, and, and the reality, the thing you can't change is oftentimes every time a goal scored, they're going to be going to the, they're going to be looking at it. Right. And sometimes there's multiple things. Hey, was there a foul? Was there an offside? Was the goal good? So they may be looking at three different things. That's one of the things in the time. And I'll agree with you. I think changes need to be made. I think obviously the probably the biggest thing in your complaint, so many others is what the heck does clear and obvious mean? Right. To me, clear and obvious is it's not something that's debatable. Totally. Yeah, if it's something that you could actually say, okay, the referee, I could see how he'd see it that way, you shouldn't call it, that should be it. You shouldn't have to call it, you should go on. I think the other thing is they need to go to the uh, the technology the World Cup these for offsides. Yeah, that's been a so problem, So it doesn't too. take that long. It's just immediate. And plus, you don't have the thing where the referee, all he has to do is have something in his ear. They check. It's automatic. You know, it's automatic. It's in his ear. It's offsides. You don't have these things where play goes on. Then they throw, you know, they score a goal, and then 10 seconds later they throw the offsides flag Well, and the thing that's up. frustrating is that Clubs got to vote on that, and the Premier League voted against it. I know. And I know. It's, it's it drives really, me nuts. And then the coaches complain, and I'm like, well, it's your club that voted against doing it. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, it's, they yeah, have I think to they, institute I that. mean, you think about it. They, the goal line technology, they all use that, and it would be the same system. Totally. Yeah, and, it just sets it up so it's and automatically that's made the game done. so much better. I agree. And, and just to keep it going along, and you don't have things, you don't have these – issues that you know you almost can't even celebrate now when you score a goal right. because well it might be offside right so i think that's good okay i'll agree with you that's sort of what was that was that your bad or ugly that was my ugly that was your ugly um okay uh what else i will say you got that, a bad yeah i'll say that my bad will be the u.s goalkeeping situation it's. I thought we were in a good spot with that, I would have said, a year ago. Yeah, what's happened to Turner, do you think? I think it's just confidence. And to be fair, he has, you know, he's. I'd say he's made two big mistakes. And then he made one for the national team, too, which yeah. is quite a lot in a, you know, six-week span. Yeah, it is. But I would say that probably confidence, goalies are so confidence-focused. I think that that's probably part of it. 
Yeah, but but the problem is we don't really have anybody now, that's playing. Well, and it's been bad regular. in the sense that Zach Steffen's been hurt, and not that he was playing that much, but he's not even been healthy and been anywhere. And then Horvath didn't even make Nottingham's Premier League squad after being the starter for Luton all last year in the championship. And so you've gone from having maybe three guys who are competing to now you have one who is sometimes not even starting for his club. So it's really gone to just yeah, not... Yeah, you hate to say it, but Turner actually played better when he wasn't starting for yeah. the national team. and maybe there wasn't as much pressure <laughs> Yeah, when he was not the starter at Arsenal. He was just the backup. But, and I'm not... 100% worried about him overall. Like, I think he'll still figure it out. He's still a good goalie. But it's been a worrying thing this year, just that we have no depth either. There's no depth. And so... Yeah, and it was sort of the one area that traditionally the U.S. has always been so strong in the goal. And there are a lot of doubts about that right now. There's not really a dominant keeper that we've had in the past. Right. Um. So... My... Good, I'll say, would be the transfers to AC Milan and PSV. That's really worked out for all five of them. Pulisic, Musa, Pepe, even though Pepe hadn't been the starter, but he's behind a really good player, and every time he comes on, he's played well. And then uh, Tillman and Des, they've all kind of stepped into their own, had really good seasons, all been important figures in the team, and for two decent clubs. And so... I would say that's been one of the highlights of the season is just getting to watch multiple Americans on teams that are doing really well in Europe and all performing quite well and all they're they're all important players for the US and so I'd say that's my that's my good for the year. What about you? Okay. Um let's talk we'll go ugly first. Um the whole and I will go back to it. We mentioned this. We are talking beforehand. The whole scandal following the Women's World Cup. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, it should have been, the whole World Cup thing should have been for once. The U.S. did not, you know, they. that's another, maybe you could throw us to that with one of your bads, the way the U.S. women played this year, their team. Right. Uh, but what should have been is a celebration of women's soccer and you know, the transformation and how good these teams other than the U.S. are right. and the advances they've made and then the whole mess with the, the Spain. KISS. Spain Federation. And yeah, it's really Spain. Is uh, Sorry, no offense, Spain, but... Well, they... And, you know, but it, 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 it is a thread and that I think runs through soccer and has for years. Certainly. Is just this idea of this good old boys network and... You know, yes, we'll tolerate women for doing what they do, and we'll politely applaud and then try to kiss them when they're done. Well, and it was, I mean, it's so bad in Spain's Federation that there were many players who refused to even play for Spain because. Yeah, bad, yeah some of the so best players toxic. in the world. And so. And then clearly, they still won. That was clearly a problem even before that happened on, you know, obviously the center stage at a World Cup ceremony. And so clearly that had been a problem in that federation, but then you see it for all the world to see and just really sad that whole, well, it was and his thing. whole reaction and, you know, just it, was, it was, and pathetic. then people that supported him at first, it was just crazy. Pathetic really. And, and sad that you would defend that. Yeah. Like clearly just something that 
was you could even see on her face how shocked she was and how inappropriate it was and so that was yeah that's a definitely an ugly what's your bad all right my bad um I, I really would go back to the U.S. Women's National Team. Yeah. I mean, since they, since, they, yeah, since they won the World Cup the last time, it's just been, you know, it's been almost just rudderless. And I think they were in that phase of they're phasing out an older generation and phasing in a newer but one. But they never phased a new one in And and is the problem. And the men had that problem, you know, back when we didn't qualify for 2017. Or 2018 yeah. World Cup in 2017, I think we had a similar problem where we net, had not brought in a youth. That middle age group kind of wasn't there, and you had that kind of aging generation. And I think the women experienced that as well. I think one thing they did do right is the hire, the coaching hire they made. Um, I think that was a big hit just for the team making um, that hire. You know when you're able to go out and hire one of the best coaches in the world, Emma if, Hayes. Not, if not the best coach in the world, I think that just kind of shows the standard of the team, even when they'd had a disappointing cycle to show that they're still, you know, a team that's regarded as the elite in the world. And so that would be, at least they ended, I think this kind of cycle on a good note. Yeah. And I, I, I still think part of the problem and which has since been rectified too, was part of the problem was us USA soccer. Oh, definitely. And the whole leadership thing. And, you know, when they went with the coach, they did, who was really had no international experience whatsoever. Right. And, you know, I think that was a mistake. And then they refused to, they didn't change probably when they should have after the Olympics, when we, you know, and it finished third in the Olympics, and we just never looked. We never like we knew what we were doing, had a plan, right. and so, um, you know, I think with Crocker now as head of the USA Soccer, I think it's been good to have somebody from the outside and not part of the established yeah. network. So, uh, hopefully, that's good, and hopefully, we'll see. And I think, uh, you know, the good thing with the women is they have such a good they still have as much or more talent, I think, than anybody in the yeah. world. And it is a transition period. And you are going to see some of the the longtime contributors that are going to be phased out, and I'm sure that will upset some people. But uh, I still think it's going to be a – I think it's going to be a good change. I think the Olympics will be fun next year to see what they do and how they play in that. You're good? Uh, that's my bad. The good – I hate saying it because I hate the team, but Man City last year was right. just sick. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to win and, a treble. It's well, and it's I think and now today because I yeah. I just think I think the competition's better. I think there's more teams that can even pull upsets. And it's hard to you got to have a lot of depth. You play so many games, and to go through that and and you know and you've seen this year you've seen they sort of are human. Yeah. Because they've had some key injuries. Definitely. Um, but that was just, you know, and that was one of the things with Pep that he just, you know, hadn't been able to win a World Cup without Messi. Uh, finally did. And it was, and I hate him because obviously, you know, if you know us, we're big Liverpool fans. Yeah, Champions League. And, uh, yeah, Champions League. And uh, so it was, uh, 
they were hats off to him. It was an incredible yeah, season. Uh, they were challenged by Arsenal in the Premier League. And, you know, they were just, you know, one of the great all-time teams they had. Certainly. Last year. Certainly. All right, so that's our good, bad, and ugly for the year. I'm sure you may have something else, and there's probably some things that we missed. Uh, all right, let's look at time for predictions. And so what we want to do is we're going to go through probably each of the major divisions, major leagues in soccer. Uh, probably offend some people. We're probably not going to put MLS in here. Uh, no. Way we're too European focused. Yeah, the we're your, yeah we're started. abroad, so we're going to be looking at when, Europe. Uh, we're not. They season not even started for MLS. We're not doing it. No, you're we'll right. We'll do something for MLS and, before the season yeah, starts. Who oh. knows what the heck? MLS changes every year. We'll so. do a little bit of a pre-pod when the season's about to start, but All right. it's not. All right, let's take Premier League, English Premier League. You're not going to want to do championship just because CQPR is in there, are you? We're going to do championship. Oh, we're doing championship. Okay. Um, you don't have to. I can just give my I, – I know I watch. I'll, just, I'll do championship, Lester. Uh, you know I watch a little bit more of the championship, but um, – all right, let's start with the biggie, uh, the biggest league in the world, and probably the best league in the world. Also, some, the richest league in the world. Though, about best right now. Yeah, yeah I don't they know. They weren't very good in the Champions League. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I understand that, but I think that was because of the teams that got in I'm there. I'm just saying, Italy had a good Champions League. You know, league. definitely. Italy and Spain had a good Champions League group stage. They did, they did. And that's the tragedy of Liverpool not making it, because they they're such a better team than Man U. Man U. Or even... Or Newcastle. Yeah, or Newcastle. So, yeah, but anyway. Yeah, it was anyway, a weird year. Man they should have played better. Man U is, is not good. All right, let's so. look at the Premier League. We're talking the Christmas table. And that's sort of one of the big times to look at it. We have... And we'll go uh, we'll go top six. Well, top seven, considering. Uh, right now, Arsenal is on top by one point. Uh, then you have Liverpool. Aston Villa. They're level on points. Um, 39. Liverpool's up on goal differential. Uh, Tottenham. And then, I don't know which is the bigger surprise. Aston Villa in third or Man City in fifth right now. That's true. And Aston Villa's in third. Tottenham in fourth. Man City fifth. Yeah. yeah. And then you have West Ham. To me, that's kind of surprising being up there. Newcastle's in seventh, but they've been decimated by injuries. Man U, eight. Going down further and further, I think, as the season goes on, unless they, yeah, because I can't think. Don't they have restrictions on, uh, on even recruitment in January? I'm thinking uh, somewhere I read that. I thought sure I saw that. that not long ago that they were gonna have, they weren't gonna be able to do everything they wanted to. I'm not sure. All right, so there's the order right now. Here's a question: um, Who do you think the top four will be at the end of the year, and who wins it? Man, I know City's six points off. They got a game in hand. They have De Bruyne coming back. They have a game in hand. They have De Bruyne coming back. Holland's been out for a little bit. I just... I I trust them down the stretch more than I trust Arsenal or Liverpool, I think. I do think I'd put Liverpool over Arsenal right now if I had to. I just think Arsenal's going to struggle to score goals if Jesus is not... If he's he's not playing as well as he was last season, and Martinelli's been a 
been a shade of himself from last season. So Liverpool's getting hit by the injury bug right now, though. <clears throat> they are, but they uh, they've lost two left backs to Colorado. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they sign someone in January is at a, a left back, and then otherwise they've been, you know, they'll get McAllister back, and I think up top they're still. I mean, Diaz had a little bit of a knock, but it didn't seem like it was too serious. Yeah, I think he's good, and I just I trust. <clears throat> I trust Liverpool's front line to score more consistently, I think, than I do Arsenal. Okay, do we agree top three in some order, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City? I think definitely. So you would go Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal? I think so. And I, I if Liverpool – but it's going to be close. If this, this season, I think it's going down to the wire, potentially between all three of them. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it's going to be anything where anyone pulls away. If Yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going with my heart, and I'm going Liverpool to win. Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal. Who's gets the fourth? And, and the question is going to be whether with the coefficient we get five in the Champions it's League. Not looking next great year. based off how they did in the no, Champions League. No, it's not. But so, the two teams that are left, Arsenal and Man well. City, could go well, and you get a lot more points for having the champion. Right now, which Man Italy City and Spain, wins again. I think, are ahead of England in terms of yeah, they are. who would get it. Yeah, England's in third spot there. And so, very good chance they don't. Potentially, they might. But. I think I trust Tottenham down the stretch a little bit more than Villa because I think Tottenham's going to get Madison back. They're going to get Van de Ven back. They're going to get they've been hit bad by injuries if you think about it. And I think that I just Tottenham's fun to watch. I love the, to be fair, Aston Villa deserves a ton of credit for the way they play. They have been fantastic this year. I I don't think West Ham will have a shout for fourth. No, I agree. And I think Newcastle started out a little slower. A lot of competition this first half of the season seems to have hindered them a little bit. The injuries seem to have hindered them a little bit. And so, I, I think it's actually, for as far as I think the their chances in the Premier League, I think it's good that they got out. knocked out of Champions League. I still League. think the top five stays with the top five. Is and then I'll have to play Europe. I'm going to call... I think Tottenham gets that four. I'm calling Newcastle. You think they work to come back? Better. I think they're going to get healthy. I think they're going to have some additions in January. They don't have Champions League football to play at all. They don't have any other league. They're not God. even made Europa League. The only thing though that makes me ten points off of Aston Villa right now. It's a lot of points. I know. But Aston Villa. I still. Hey, you got it. It doesn't cost me a thing. So. That's true. I'm looking at Newcastle coming back. I think and I think getting it'll be, into fourth. I think it'll be Tottenham in fourth. I think that Madison coming back will be huge for them. And if him and Van Deven both are able to come back, that'll I just think that'll be such a boost to them compared to you know some of the other teams. And they're the same way. They don't have European football. They might be able to stay a little bit more healthy down the stretch. Aston Villa's in the Europa League, and I think are a team that are in the Conference League, whichever one. They're not in the main draw Europa League. No, they're not. No, I think they're, they're in the, the conference. conference League. But they're a team that could win the Conference League, certainly. Yeah, and they so are. I, I expect them to go deep in that competition. And if you win the Conference League, you're in the Europa League next, you're in Europa League next year. <laughs> so. And... Uh, I certainly expect them to push deep into there. Well, you've also got the thing, and this would be interesting too to see. You've got a good chance. Liverpool right now would have to be favored to win the Europa League, and they will. so if and they, they get go, a Champions League spot. They make a Champions League spot, which opens up another spot in the. So Premier theoretically, League. they could be six spots in England yeah, that are could. up for grabs, and so 
Then you've got in play, you know, West Ham, Newcastle. Well, I think I still think it's going to be the teams that are in the top six. They're there right now, and I would add Newcastle to that. Yeah, they're just a point behind West Ham. So, I mean, United could always turn it around. They're a point behind Newcastle. They maybe Ten Hag. They if he finds the right balance in that team, there still are good players there. That if they can figure out a good balance to the team. They should right. be able to figure it out. But All right. I don't trust that. Uh, you want to go to relegation for the Premier League? Oh, yeah. So our bottom five, I'll go bottom, well, I'll go bottom like eight teams. <clears throat> 14th is Brentford on 19 points. 15th is Crystal Palace on 18. Everton is in 16th on 16 points. Now, yeah, reminder, they're not going Everton down. Everton got a 10-point deduction, so they really would be on 26 points, which would have them up in the top 10. Yeah, that'd be 10th right now. Um, Nottingham Forest is in 17th on 14 points. Luton Town in 18th. Your three relegation teams, Luton, Burnley, Sheffield. Luton's on 12. Burnley's on 11. Sheffield's on 9. So it's tight down there. Uh, bottom Sheffield is five points off of 17th Nottingham. So not out of reach um, for any of the clubs in the bottom three. Obviously, the three that are down there right now are the three promotion teams from this past season, which I think is another conversation in terms of just how much harder it is getting to be a promoted side and stay up. But who do you think ends up being the bottom three for this season? I think Sheffield goes back down. I yeah, mean, you I look think, at their their goal differential right now is negative thirty one. I think I agree. I think Sheffield is the team I would be most confident in going down. I think yeah. that I don't see them having enough goals in the team either to give them. I'm I, no one. I'm going to say is out of it just based on points at this point in the season. But I I feel pretty confident that I think they go down. And, and uh, yeah, the thing is, I and I, I can't see any of the teams. I don't think Everton. Everton's playing too well. I really only think I it's can't the see Crystal four. Palace. I think it's yeah. I think it's three out of that bottom four. So I the question Nottingham, is, who's going to escape? I think Nottingham's the one team that could fall into that bottom three. Well, which of the two? Okay, so that leaves us really with. Burnley versus Luton Town. And, Lu- and Luton, they have not said, have they, what's going to happen with that fixture that got suspended? Yeah, they have. What'd they say? Yeah, it's going to be replayed Okay, entirely. So, so Luton has a game in hand over okay. the other bottom two, and they're still only two points off of Nottingham, a point up on Burnley. So Luton is, I would say Luton's been the surprise of the three to have been the best of the three, which I think would be a very surprising thing so far for most people. I think people assume they would be the worst. Yeah. Um, I still think Burnley is the club. I would say that if one of the three of them gets out, I think it'll be Burnley. I think that. Yeah. I, what do you think needs to happen for them to do that? They do need you, a goal scorer. They, they, they need a goal scorer. Yeah. And I think they, you know, they've got to realize they don't have the players to exactly to play, play the way they, they did do. in the championship. Now, and you got to think, is company going to play sure more pragmatic? Change. I'm not sure he's going to change. Yeah, I think that you can play a little bit less progressive and close things down a little bit more. You don't have to play like Manchester City every week. You know what I mean? Like you can close Right, it you down. understand that's his model, and yet he doesn't have the players and, to play that way. And I do think way. that you can still play a 
you know, try and play a more attractive style. Brighton did it when they were down there towards the yep. bottom those first couple of years, and they stayed up. And so I think it is possible to possess the ball. But they need goal scorers. Now, they have been better as of late. They started the season terribly. They could not get points those first 10 games almost. And so they did lose Koyosho, who I think will be back, you know, maybe March-ish. Which yeah, will he's be going big, for a while. Be a big boost to them if they can get him back. I'd say they need to sign a goal scorer in January. They signed a goal scorer in January, someone who consistently convert chances. I think I think they got a good shot of staying up over Nottingham. But as of now, if they don't address that, I think it might be the current bottom three that go down. But Burnley would be the one, I would say, I think stays up if someone does. I agree with you. You think Luton any shot? They've been better as of They've late. been better. And uh, I, I really don't. I don't know enough to be honest. I don't know enough about Luton. To... I'd say Ross Barkley's been a revelation for him. He's actually been really good. I'd say he gives them something new that some quality in the middle of the field that maybe they didn't have. Who'd have thunk? But I still think I still think Burnley would be the. Team I still I'd think play. Burnley. So I think we agree that Nottingham, Luton, and Sheffield United. But I it. But if Nottingham stayed up, Nottingham's got a better team than all three of them. So Nottingham, if they can figure it out, they're just in a bit of turmoil with. Yeah, it depends on how they how they take to the new. If they respond well, then they might you know jump way up and not even be in consideration. But as of now, and I think, and I I can't see anybody else. Everton's way too good. Everton's not going to crawl up towards tenth. I think they're going to be in that area of the the table i don't see them anywhere near relegation they just got too much quality in that team yeah i agree and sean dykes hasn't playing really really well i think bournemouth was maybe a consideration for a while but they've just been absolutely on a tear as of late and i they're and i would like to think that they're just going to get better when tyler i think they will and they've got a proven goal scorer that no one in that bottom four has so had a fantastic year and i just Agree. So, yeah. All right. All right, let's jump to championship. <laughs> I mean, the championship. Yeah, is there any question that uh, Leicester? Leicester's going to win the league. Um, I think and it, be it's clear. crazy to think about it. When you look at Leicester and you look at the team they have and the team they had last year, how in the heck did they even go down? Uh, you got to think. Uh, Brendan Rodgers should be ashamed of that yeah. coaching performance to have that side relegated. To have that Embarrassing. And think, the team they had the championship, and you also add James Madison, Tielemans. Like, that was a... Yeah, the guys that ended up leaving. Harvey Barnes. Uh, I mean, a, such a talented team. Yeah, it I, is I can't so see... so bad. Yeah. I, I can't relegated. see him ever being let back into the Premier League again. No, that, that was so bad to get that team relegated they are on 58 points i think i so ipswich is on 52 they're seven points ahead of leeds i actually think so leeds catches them i think leeds will finish second uh leeds just has lately just been on such a tear i think leeds is a little bit more talented leeds actually dragged ipswich at the weekend 4-0 um wow and leeds i think has kind of figured it out a little bit that they are seven points back, but I, I think Leeds will crawl up into that second automatic promotion. And then you're going to get Ipswich and Southampton definitely in the playoff. If 
say even Ipswich was second, then you get Leeds and Southampton certainly, and then it's going to be a huge battle for those next two. Um, my prediction would be, oof, I would say I think. I actually think Coventry has a chance to climb up. They're six points off as of now, but they had a really bad start to the season. That's where Hajirite is. I think they're actually quite talented, Coventry, and I think they got a chance to climb up into there, and I think West Brom. So my prediction would be Southampton, Ipswich, West Brom, and Coventry in that. What about Norwich when they get Josh Sargent back? Norwich is honestly got way more points than their performances deserve. I was going to say, so if you can pull out points when, you know, who was your leading scorer when he got injured? It's possible. I'd be surprised. They're not as talented as some of the other teams we mentioned. But Hull City is another one who I think has a good chance to get in there. It is. It is. It's crazy. And it's probably, you know, Premier League, you you look at the table around Christmas and those are in the top six and that's where your four is going to come out of. You look at Championship League in years past, teams that have been up near the top you can, crawl can so end up to the bottom. So <laughs> yeah, pretty quick. It's I would pretty say insane. My prediction, though, would be Ipswich, Southampton, West Brom, and Coventry in the playoff. If there are two other teams I think that get in, I think it'd be Middlesbrough or Hull. Um, oh, Sunderland, gonna... I would have said, but they just uh, they fired their coach a couple weeks ago and hired um, McBeal, who was. Uh, QPR's coach, and then at Rangers, oh. and a disaster hire. So, I think Sunderland's gonna. Okay, and here's the, the here's the million dollar question: Does QPR escape relegation? I still think they do. I think it'll be Sheffield, Rotherham, and I think either Millwall or Huddersfield. Probably Huddersfield. QPR on paper is more talented than Huddersfield. I think that if we don't get up, it's because uh, Darren Moore just outcoached Marty Fuentes. But I think it'll be Huddersfield down there. They're not. They don't have the talent. I think that QPR have. If we sign a goal scorer, if we sign a goal scorer in January, we stay up. If not, we might. We might go down. Okay. We'll see. All right. All right. Let's go to. Uh, let's go to La Liga. This is a good one. Actually, one of the more interesting tables at Christmas time. It's a great one because you have Real and Girona tied with forty five points at top. Rouse ahead on goal differential. Uh, followed by uh, Atletico and then Barcelona. And I think it's, yeah, I don't know. Do you think Barcelona would fall out of the top four? As weird as it sounds, I think if there was one to fall out of the top four, it's probably Barcelona. Yeah, I agree. they've been terrible lately. I agree. They've been really bad as of late. They still and in the Chavi's Champions League. just been getting lots of flack. And they're still in the Champions League, so they've got a lot of games coming up. Uh, Girona's got that advantage of no Europe. I don't yeah, see Lewandowski them. has not been scoring. I don't see Girona dropping all the way from second out of the top four. I think Madrid is probably the clear favorite still to win the league this year. Atletico has been solid. I just trust them, I think, a little bit more right now than Barcelona. Yeah, I agree. I still think probably the current top four is what it is. I don't think anyone... If Barcelona falls out, who do you think has a chance to move I don't think up? anyone but Athletic Club or Sociedad. Yeah, has, I was going to say Sociedad. Sociedad can play some really nice football. Yeah. They, um, they are in the Champions League still, so they do have Europe too. Athletic Club might have that advantage of... 
just not, being able to focus yeah, on. But I, yeah. I'd be surprised if it wasn't the current top four, I think. Do you think Girona can win or just I don't Real Madrid is Real Madrid? I think Madrid will end up winning the league. But it would be amazing if Girona, that would be fantastic. If it Girona would be fun to see that. I do think it'll end up being Madrid, but. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They just, you know, because I would say Madrid hadn't even really found super form 100% this year. They've been carried a lot by Jude. Yeah. Because they haven't had a goal scorer necessarily either. Vinny's been hurt. But I think that I think that I would still trust them to to win the t- the league. Uh, the only question we won't have to talk about as much about relegation here: Almeria and Granada are both surely going down. They're way adrift at the table. Yeah. Um, the real question is: Does Celta Vigo get five off there? and eight points? That's Celta Vigo is the one that there's a bunch of teams in that area. Celta Vigo is currently the last team in there. Obviously, where Luca Del Torre plays. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know enough about Cadiz or Olaves to know if... Yeah, I don't know anything about it. I think Sevilla will eventually figure it out. They've had a terrible start to the season, but they're more talented than the three we just mentioned. Yeah. Um, so, Celta Viga, Cadiz, Olaves, those will probably be the three to watch to see if they... Yeah, if one of you go on a run and move up yeah. the table just a little bit to get to safety. Yeah, so... Be one to watch. Want to jump to? Let's go to Germany. Germany. Bundesliga. Which this one is, um, will Bayern finally be dethroned? Well, with the same question every year. And that could have been, you know, I think for both of us, that could have been our bad for last year. That was my bad. Dortmund going into the final game and ended up drawing. They may not win the league again. Yeah, they may not. (laughs) I mean, that was such a choke. Especially if they don't play Gio. That was such a choke. And it wasn't even, they didn't even have to play Bayern. They had it in their own hand, win the game, win the league. And to blow it there was such a disappointment. Um, and they're showing it in the domestic table this year. Do you think they have a chance? Do you think they'll end up even getting the top four? They're not. Ooh. They don't, are not playing well enough currently. So the top four right now is Leverkusen's on 42 points, Bayern on 38. Bayern does have a game in hand. Stuttgart, who's been, I would say, the surprise, one of the surprises of Europe this year, up there with Girona, um, how good they've been. And uh, what's his name? American coach. Um, uh, Matur- Matarazzi? Yeah. I yeah. thought he was not there again. No, he's a Stuttgart. Is he still there? Uh, Yeah. I'm like 90% sure. Check and see if he's still their coach. He's not their coach. I lied. Yeah, he got, he got let go. Oh, where they replaced the, oh, him. Oh, he's at he's somewhere else in the league though. Yeah, yeah, they Freiburg, replaced him. Freiburg, who's actually having a great season. Freiburg's in eighth right now. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, sorry about that. So Stuttgart's been, I would say, the surprise of the year so far in Germany, and then you have Leipzig um, in fourth. And well, Stuttgart, I think, would probably be the one people would be maybe if there was one to fall out. They would say, and if Dortmund had a chance, it would be them. But they've got um, Sir Hu Garassi or whatever who scored like, yeah, an abs- He's almost leading Europe in goals. He scored an absurd yeah, amount of goals. Yeah, it's crazy how much he is scoring. So I, you know, I don't know. I'm I really don't know what to make of. I think the big question is: Can Leverkusen can they hold off Bayern Munich? What do you just, think? Just so we in all competitions. Uh, Garassi has 19 goals and two assists. 
in 16 games. <laughs> so, and the crazy thing is that uh, Stuttgart was in the relegation playoff last year. Wow. So they are having quite the year. Um, yeah, which is, I think, why Matarazzi is not there. Now, I think if one was the fault, it would be Stuttgart. Leipzig's too talented. They're in fourth right now. And Dortmund, just so everyone knows, is six points adrift. And then you've got three points behind them, Frankfurt and Hoffenheim and Freiburg. I think that I don't trust Dortmund. I really don't. I don't trust Terzic. No, I don't either. I think, you know, and plus they, they also have, they're still in Champions League. They are. And that's a distraction, and it's Same not like they it's not like they're a team that has well. tons of depth. I would say that's the one huge advantage Leverkusen has for this season. Is they can just focus on the league. And I think and I think Bayern would even trade the Bundesliga to get a Champions, a Champions League. League. And they're one of the favorites. Yeah, I they are. That will be said. Um, Kane makes them one of the favorites. I still think Bayern wins the league. Kane's been fantastic. Leverkusen's really good. They're not any pushover. They are really good. Uh, and they're still they're still got European. They're still they're in, in Europa League. Yeah. Um but might not take quite the toll that you know, some of just the emotional and yeah, I agree. intensity I agree. of some of those big Champions League clashes. I'm gonna go with Leverkusen. And it just depends on how much Leverkusen prioritizes Europa League when they know they're pushing to win the Bundesliga. Yeah. I, I'm going with uh, Leverkusen to beat Bayern Munich this year. I just Germany's cursed the country. No one's ever going to win except for Bayern. So I'm going to well, get Bayern. Uh, eventually, someone else is going to win. Maybe I'm not so sure. Uh, They've won ten years in a row, I think. Yeah, <laughs> um, it is. It is insane. I think that man. Do I think Dortmund figures it out and gets into the top four? I'm not sure. I do. And they're they're so far off at this point, seven points off of Stuttgart. Yeah, they are. I'm not sure I see. Th- and just if you look at goal difference, the top four have just been significantly better than everyone. Goal difference of the top four: Leverkusen and Bayern, both a 34. Stuttgart 18, Leipzig 21, Dortmund five. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not scoring their defense as suspect. It, yeah, they've given up 25 goals. And they've only scored 30. So 30, 30 is decent-ish. 25 is not very good um, compared to that top tier. But they're just really off on both of them, goals and yeah. their defense. Yeah, and I don't I, think they do. And I think, I'm not so sure. I'm picking. I think Leipzig will finish third. I think, I think Leverkusen, I, I think Leverkusen, Munich, Leipzig, and Stuttgart. I think I would do the same thing except I think Bayern yeah, wins Bayern. the league. Yeah, you Leverkusen. would. Playing chalk. It's okay. I mean, do we care who's relegated? Um, the bottom three teams are all in the same points, which that's kind of interesting. I all do have think 10 points. Union Berlin will eventually climb up the table. They bought a lot of players in the offseason. They also were in the Champions League and are now out. Right. They're gonna ha- I think they'll, they're the one team out of the relegation right now, the next team. But I just, I think they push up. A decent. I agree. So that really leaves the three. There's a pretty good separation then between the bottom three. It's not looking good for the next ones. Cologne or Darmstadt. Darmstadt's one of those clubs that bounces up and down 
pretty consistently. They're a yo-yo team. Yeah. And reminder that in Germany, the third team who finishes is in a playoff playoff. with the third promotion candidate to see who gets into the Bundesliga. I believe it's a two-leg playoff. Yeah, it is. Um, So only two are directly relegated. So there's going to be a big battle between those three. Who yeah, who gets points, into the playoff? Who can get into the playoff? Let's go to Italy. Syria. Which I, I've i begun to just love Syria as a league. I think it's so underrated. I think by average It's definitely person, fun to watch. they got so a lot underrated. of great personalities. In and, it, it. and, of course, they have Americans right now. And they've now. been fantastic in Europe as of the past yeah, two years. they are. And so I just think it's really underrated. Do you think... I don't think anyone but Juve or Inter can win the league at this point. Milan is 11 points off of Inter, and they, Milan seems to be going in the wrong direction in terms of... I, I think I think Inter's going to... I, I want, think Inter's going to win it. I want to say that I think Juve's going to push him, but Inter's just seems but, so much better. But Juve's got, Juve is hard to play. That's what they are. They are. So if Juve and Inter play, Juve beating them... Would not surprise me, but Juve is going to drop more points. They shouldn't. Then I think Inter will throughout this year, and Inter's just been. What? I agree. Both of them only have one loss, and Inter's been what one of the best two, three teams in Europe this season. I would say. Yeah. And so, I um. And that may be again. That may be that the Champions League and not in the Champions League may be one of those things that favors Juve. And I mean Inter. They've scored 10 more goals than anyone in the league. They've scored 41. They've only given up seven. Yep. I mean, it is just... Yeah, they're plus 34. It's astounding how good they've been. You know, I th- it'd almost be a, a repeat of last year what Napoli did. Just, just absolutely And they cruise. just run away with I think Ennard's going to do that. I, I honestly do. I think they... I think Juve does get second, though, which will be, is a surprise going into this season. Um, because they had such a disappointing season McKinney. last year. McKinney's been fantastic. I mean, he's been a huge part of that. He's been fantastic. And then they've just got goal scorers that you hate to say they've got more. So far this year, they've had more efficient goal scorers than Milan in the big moments with Vlavic and Chiesa. Although Pulisic's helped carry that Milan team. Milan's problem is they've leaked goals. Milan has just been terrible in the back. They, um, yeah, I think they definitely they need help. They need they need they scored. They need they, defenders. They cannot defend, and tomorrow and they just need got to hurt. get they need to get those in January. And if they don't, I think it's going to plague still them finish. the rest of the season. They'll still probably finish in the top four, I would say. But yeah, but that's the problem. They've already lost, and they've they've lost four games. And oh, I think totally. other than Inter, they were ahead in every one of those yeah. games. Well, and the thing is, Calabria's are right back terrible. Uh, Florenzi who comes in and subs him or comes in at left back terrible um, and so they got to figure out that right side really bad defensively Tamori going down is just such a dagger to them who've already been so thin in the back and that hurts um, they do have a great goalie Mignon's probably saved them points I would say but I agree they um, I don't see them falling out of the top four I don't see them pushing up outside of into the top two, though. No, I don't think they have a prayer. I think their goal is, needs to be they need to maintain top four. And a reminder, Italy's got a very good chance of getting five teams, um, same as Spain does. Um, 
some interesting it's real interesting that that four through about nine though in Italy you've got Bologna on in fourth on 31 points a big surprise this year I would say um Fiorentina on 30 that's not as much a surprise then you've got some disappointments below there yeah, how about Napoli being down there in seventh Napoli in seventh on 27 points I would say is the biggest disappointment in the league so far Roma's doing pretty well I would say all things considered they're in sixth on 28 points um you almost got to say to this point that Napoli's underachieved. Oh, huge! And that of the teams that are most likely to make a push, it'll be, gonna be I think it's Napoli. Totally. Um, Lazio has been a disappointment. They finished in fourth last year, and they're down in ninth. Um, I if Fiorentina, Bologna, I it would not surprise me if Napoli pushed up ahead of them. Um, and Roma's actually been quite good. I would say lately with um, Lukaku has had a great season in Italy. Yeah, um, he has. And so, if you got a a good goal scorer who's who's hitting on all cylinders, you've got every chance to climb. And up you the got table. Josie. So, I, I do think Napoli though will find their way still into the top four, and I think it'll be between Bologna, Fiorentina, Roma for that fifth spot, which very well might be a Champions League spot. So, um, we will not talk as much about the bottom three because I have not watched a lot of. Well, I've watched actually a lot because I've seen a lot of Juve and AC Milan games. Salernitano is who drew AC Milan uh, earlier this week. Yeah. Um, they are definitely going down, I think. And then you've got a scrap for with is that about the kiss of death drawing with Milan. Yeah. And you've got about four teams. Verona, Udinese, Cagliari, and Empoli. One, two of those four will probably go down. All right, so that's Serie A. Quick word about Serie B, and not, not we're going to go into it, but I do think it's good that Venezia I think there's a good chance it. that Venezia has got a chance to move up, and they've got Tanner Testman and Busia. Yeah, they have been. They've Busia. dropped some points lately. I've noticed they've lost that. Now they're still two points ahead of third. Um. Yeah, third, fourth, and fifth all are even with 32. So Parma's, it's tight. Yeah, Parma's it's tight. four points clear on 38. Well, it's only, in that league, it's only between, what, first and six is just six points difference. So there's a, yeah, I think Venezia, if they can, I'm not going to pretend to know much about Citadella and We don't know Kenta anything Nazara about any, let's be honest. Cremonese. Um, Parma, obviously a classic Italian club who's in first right now, you know, you got some elite Italian players who've gone through Parma, like Buffon and some others. Um, so that's a huge club that, um, you know, fell on. I think they fell on a similar type of thing to what happened to Rangers, where they almost went bankrupt, dropped yep. to like four or five leagues below. And had to work their way back and up. And they've worked their way back up to Serie B, and now they've got a chance this next year to come up to Serie A, which is honestly such a cool thing as a fan of that club probably for years you saw your club drop down five divisions and now you work your way back up to the first division so that is a cool thing but they're obviously in pole position in the table uh the only thing i'll note is um palermo which is where christopher lund is they're in seventh only three points off of third yeah so, so it's yeah it's really tight it's too. tight 
Not um, that I'm sure there's not a ton of people out there who care about that, but we do have some Americans involved. So everybody that, cares. All right, and we just want to quickly go through Eredivisie and uh, France. Yeah, that's fine. Let's go France first. Okay. If I can even find them. Um, okay, let's. Um, hmm. PSG. Um, I think they will probably win it again. They will. They haven't been as good this year. No. Um, they are extremely talented. A lot of I like what they've done since they've gone youth heavy. Yeah, they haven't heavy, gone just superstar, superstar, no, superstar. They've got like Zaire Emery. They've got these guys they're bringing through. They've got like France's full front line as their front three. Um, so you got to think Deschamps likes that because they're playing together every week. Um, yeah. So for those of you, if you don't have a table in front of you, looking at it, <laughs> PSG they're on top with forty, 40. points. They've got a plus twenty eight goal differential. Which is almost three times as much as any other team. Which, and they've gotten, they've come on us of late. The first couple weeks yeah. of the season, they were not in first in the league. They struggled yeah. a little bit. Well, and very very new team, new coach, yeah, totally. everything. Totally. Uh, nice is in second on 35. And then you have Monaco, and that's of interest to us because of Balogun playing for them. They're in third with 33. Then you've got Brest, 31, Brest and Lille. Brest is surprise. Lille at 28. Yeah, Brest probably is the big surprise out of that group. But Brest, I would say, has been a decent bit better than Lille this season. Um, and so I <clears> – <throat> Monaco actually has stuttered a little bit. I think people thought they might challenge a little bit more than they did. If someone thought someone else was going to challenge for the t- title – I think people thought it would be Monica. Well, early on, they were. And they've got, they, I would say, they are the team that has the name talent. You would think the guys you would associate with, okay, they're a team that could push PSG. And they've been a little bit disappointing. They're seven points off of PSG right now. Um, Monaco's going to finish in the top three. I would be surprised if they didn't. Just talent-wise, they've yeah, got I more agree. talent than the others. Um, I think the big watches can brass stay in the top four, um, which would be... Except I always love when, you know, clubs lower budgets are able to come up and qualify. You know, last year was Lons who got in the Champions League. Um, yeah, they are. Only the top three qualify for Champions League. And four the, is a qualifier. Four is in the qualifying, So right. you could still get in. Um, but in Lons, who did finish in the top four last year, is down in seventh right now. So they're also not all, way yeah, off. Yeah, they're not out of it. Uh, mm I think it'll be the top three will stay what it is. Nice, Monaco, PSG. I agree. And you could say, I think PSG wins. I think you could see Monaco and Nice flip flop. Obviously, one of the big things down at the bottom is Lyon's had a horrible year. They've had tons of coaching turnover, all kind of problems with the club. And they are. Yeah, only they're two just points two points above relegation, relegation, which would be Lyon's a massive club yeah. in terms of historically and. Just uh, financially, you would compare to a lot of teams in France, and so that would be a shocker. That's like Sevilla being down there in Spain, I would say, or Everton, you know, being down in the Premier League towards it. Yeah. That's the kind of comparison you'd have with Lyon. Um, and so, I don't think they started out terribly and have been through two coaches. I don't think I see them actually falling into relegation. That would be astonishing if they did. Um, 
Agree. That would be the one club down there that would be maybe. We both agree though. PSG takes it again. A little bit of a surprise prize to lose. Who's in Europa? Was in Europa League in Liverpool's group, and they're down sixteenth. They're in relegation right now. So yeah, that is a surprise. Um, so they obviously finished fifth last year, and they're down in boy, that's way down relegation. So that's not maybe them getting out of Europe though helps them uh, push on kind of and move up the table a little bit. So. And it seems like Lorien and Clermont are probably going down. Okay, so that leaves us... Eredivisie. Eredivisie. And, you know, it probably... Maybe of all the leagues, the ones you can say, sure, I think Inter and I think Well, I declared weeks ago that the league was over. Yeah, I know, you (laughs) did. And obviously, if you declared it so, it must be. I mean, hey, I'm still right. They're still 16-0. Yeah, that is crazy to look uh, at. Fifty-six goals for, six against. Yeah, they're. It's they have a plus fifty goal differential. I'm gonna guess there's never been a team That's anywhere. Crazy. I'm gonna guess there's never been a team anywhere that has gone without dropping points in a season. Yeah, I don't not. know. That'd be a good question. To Certainly look for. not. Yeah. I any think, of the majors. Now leagues. I'm gonna guess there's no way they do, but. To be halfway through the season, that is that's crazy. That's a that's that is that's one of the most incredible things when you think about. So it. they have played every. They've played. They might not have played one team. There's one team they haven't played, so they're almost halfway. Seventeen games we halfway through. So they have played every team but one, and they are sixteen zero and zero. That is that's crazy. You look at that that line. Um, Feyenoord's in second at thirty eight. They're gonna. They're better. They're more talented than the teams below them. Um, they'll end up in that second spot. And then you have 20. Who's Crazy it? thing is you look between fourth and fifth, which Ajax is in fifth, and they're eight points out of fourth place. Yeah, they started terribly. They were like 15th for the first couple weeks of the season or lower. Um, yeah, and then as we mentioned, they just – I don't know if we mentioned this in the last podcast. I don't think it happened. They lost to Hercules. They lost, and then they lost to a fourth, fourth division, division amateur, amateur team. In that – that is crazy. The cup. I mean, we're talking guys who work every day. They practice twice a week. It's like, I don't even know what to compare it to. It'd be like less than USL 3. It'd be a smaller club than no, that. No, it would be. It would be an amateur. Yeah. It would be like your rec league club or It is. It's quite astonishing that Ajax, European Cup champions multiple times. I mean, yeah. I mean, you think of historically one of the biggest clubs one of in the Europe. biggest clubs in Europe, and they lost to a fourth place amateur team. Really bad. They were down like two zero, and I think they actually yeah, and they came back to came tie, back and, and then, then they, they lost in the on. I don't know like the seventh minute. They of are extra eight time points or off a of fourth. I still think Ajax probably works their way into one of the Europa League spots. Um, they've been a lot better, and they just are a club they're probably going to spend in January. Yeah, yeah, that you I can just, guarantee. I just think twenty probably falls out, or Azed, but I I would just be surprised if Ajax didn't end up in that top four. Yeah, but even I if think yeah, I th- I think yeah, as you already called it though, PSV is going to win it, and that's really oh, good because of the Americans that it's are on. Not there. even I don't even think it's going to be close. It's sort of like, you know, USA, Norway here. Yeah. I mean, um, Denmark, Dutch. The only thing I'll say down at the bottom is Volendam, where Zach Booth is. 
mm. um, is in a relegation spot, and they're three points, four points off of safety. So not looking good for them. Um, and then Utrecht, where his brother is, is in thirteenth, so they're not much higher. Um, but I'm not going to pretend to know anything about Vitesse or Wall Week this season. Vitesse in former years was decent, so that's a little bit surprising, I think, that they're... Because Vitesse is where guys like Mason Mount, Chelsea, one of their low-knee clubs, right. you had Mason Mount played at Vitesse, I think. You had um, Matt Miazga played at Vitesse, so that's probably a surprise that they're bottom of the table, but... Anyway, I think that's our rundown. So really, the the two we disagree on, you're going Man City to pull out their usual yeah. thing, just because of. And I'm going Bayern, so I'm just a traditionalist. I just yeah. go with the big heavy hitters. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, traditionally goes so far with Man City. I mean, the traditional for the last yeah five no, six years. I more just mean the favorites. I'm going. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm pulling for Liverpool. I'm looking to see them. I will say, I think it's more likely Liverpool or Arsenal win the league than, I think, personally, I think, than Leverkusen. I don't know. I'll stick with Leverkusen. All right, so that's our uh, league rundown. So now let's talk about, let's look ahead as far as, particularly for USMNT for the coming year. Uh, You know, it's always good, or it's uh, Christmas time, or... Whether you want to put it on your Christmas wish list or put it on your New Year's resolutions for the U.S. men's national team, what would you like to see happen with them this year? Hmm. Um, I'd like to see us make the semifinals of Copa America. Okay. That's my. I think that would. Do you be- think that is the? Do you think for? Burhalter, semifinals or bust, or does it depend on who and how we play? Because, I mean, there's a chance looking at the groups that we could come out and... Do you mean like his job? Yeah. Bust? No, I don't think if we lose to Brazil in the quarterfinals, he gets fired. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a good chance we meet Brazil in the quarters. I don't think he gets fired. But I think that at a certain point, it's like... Brazil hadn't been playing great, and there's no Neymar. Well, and I'm like, obviously Brazil's better than us. Yeah, no Neymar for the At a certain point, you got to beat someone you shouldn't. And Burhalter hasn't done that. No. And he we is gotta, not. We got to beat someone we shouldn't necessarily. Yeah, at some and as point. people say, it's time to move beyond quote this moral victory. We tied England. Right. We. I want to beat someone. We played we, better. I'm going to beat someone we traditionally shouldn't have beaten. Yeah, that's what yeah. I want. If we're gonna if we're gonna accomplish what we want to accomplish in the World Cup in 2026, we got to win games against teams like Uruguay and Brazil yeah. and, and teams like that. Especially you're at home and absolutely. I, that would be what I'd like to see. I mean, I'd like to see some, you know, I love just seeing young guys move to Europe, young guys um, start breakthrough at clubs and get first-team minutes. I want to see that continue. I want to see Geo move. Okay, who do you want to – let's talk let – me, let, me talk, let me go back to the – I would love to see – I don't think it's out of the – I mean, I think you could see a USA-Argentina final in the Copa America. It would be awesome. I mean, I think they have. Well, you know, if they beat Brazil, and you know, then here's no the problem: is to. we've got to be healthy going into that game. Yeah, we don't have the depth. We you know, and that's to, where that that's where all these other teams I think are stronger than us because to play of their depth. Better than we have been last couple. Yeah. Um, well, I think we're capable of, and I think we've shown that. Definitely. It's just been we have not been able to. 
you know, part of that's a growing up process. Part of it is learning how to play. Yeah. You know, we've got it down playing in America, Nations League, Gold Cup. We've got But on an international yeah. level, we you know, part of it is having the confidence to believe that you can. And I think that's what's so big about Americans playing key roles on European teams. I totally agree. Uh, being able to carry that over. And, and so, you know, I, I think it's doable. And, you know, and I think long-term people are thinking – World Cup, and who knows what it's going to be like with this new format because I think there's going to be some real surprises of teams that don't move on to some of the deeper rounds. But I think, you know, we would love to see USA make semifinals in their own World Cup. It'd be awesome. And so, but that's got to start this year because here's the challenge we don't play a lot of, we're not having to qualify for World Cup, and so we don't have the pressure of that that also takes away those kind of competitive matches right. where it doesn't matter who you play in a friendly. Yes, you can play good teams, but the intensity is not there that you get in knockout tournament. Yeah. So it'll be, I don't know what exactly yeah. I make of how I think we do in Copa America, but that'll well, be I think, hope. I think everything depends on the health of our team going into it. Right. You know, if we lose any of the key people, um, I think we're in now, trouble. now, we're decently healthy, comparatively. We um, yeah, the big one we really want to get back is Tyler Adams. Yeah, which and But who knows what kind of playing condition he'll be problem. in by then. He might not be the same player he's been yeah. in played in so yeah. long. It so. may take him a while. And he might not. So then you might get a good Cup America, and he's not a starter. You know? Okay, so. who would you like to see? Who do you think most needs to get a move Gio. in January? Yeah, I think everybody would say Gio's number one. Um, I'd say Gio... Ethan Horvath. Um, just to get a team. Just something. Um, I would say I would have said Chris Richards a while back, but I'm going to say no right now for him. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing. Even if it is a you know whatever he's getting defensive on the field bench. in a good team. Um, do you I agree. Team? Um, I'm not sure who else I would say. Uh, I think the other one that I want to see, and I don't know that it's going to make an impact. Uh, I, I want to see, obviously, Miles Robinson. Yeah, well, he is going to move. Somewhere. He's going to move, but I I would love to see him in a – Yeah, I'd love to see him. In, how about an AC Milan who needs – Which I've seen the rumors that he might stay in MLS. Really? Well, he wanted a DP deal from Atlanta was the rumors, and they offered him the Max Tam. Yeah, nobody they, nobody gives DP deals for defenders. Very rarely. You're not going to see it. I don't think anybody would do that. And so he wanted – And I think if he really wants to – you know, because his place is questionable right now in the U.S. men's national team. Leave, and I, I think, think he, he needs – out of, if he stays I think in he MLS, needs to go to Europe. If he stays in the MLS, I think he falls out of the starting line. I agree. I think he needs to go to Europe, so I'd love to see that happen. Uh, anything else? The only thing I'd love to see, I'm real interested to see what happens with the women's national team. They have a big tournament coming up, the Olympics this year. Right. And new coach, a lot of new young blood. Well, I think it'll be interesting to see how they the play Olympics, and how they mesh. Who the U.S. men field. What kind of team we field in the Olympics. Oh, that's right. U23s. That's right. I forgot. We will have the U23s. And that's important for that next generation Right. To play those type of international competitions. Well, we could field an extremely talented team. Now, I don't think they will compared to, like, you know, but you could throw out a Eunice Musa into that tournament. You could, you know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily think he, they will, but you could. Um, All right. Let's end it with this. Uh, we're getting pressure from 
other people here. Uh, what is your one crazy prediction for 2024 involving something to do with U.S. U.S. men's national players? Oh, it, was, it was not going to be U.S. Teams related. or players? Does it have oh. to be U.S. related? Yeah. It has to be? Yes. My wow. prediction was Everton's going to finish above Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's probably a guarantee, to be honest, I think. That's my prediction. Chelsea yeah. lost today. Um, US M&T prediction. Or women's, either one. Mm. But uh, I know you're not... You pay a lot more attention to the men's than you do the women. I do. I would say... Well, you think I'm going to say US men win Copa America. Wow, that is a crazy prediction. But it's possible. It's possible. Depending on the draw they get, they think they need to win their group to do it. Messi dies before then. <laughs> he could get hurt. No, I'm just kidding. Um, now, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have one. Other than Everton finishes above Chelsea. That's what's been on my mind lately. Um, we'll let you go with that. <laughs> I mean, they're going to. How about Everton finishes above Man U? It's not out of the question. No, it's not. Right now, they'd be two points behind if they had no I know. Protection. So, all right. On uh, that note, hey, if you've stayed with us for these last months, man, we just want to say thank you. It's been a blast doing this. And, you know, to be honest, we do it just because we love doing it. We love talking soccer, and this is a great way to do that. Uh, hey, I hope you will subscribe and hit that like button. You can follow us on X or Twitter, I think is still most people call it. At Americans Abroad Pod. At Americans Abroad Pod. We're building up a little bit of a following. So there you go. And that's all Cole. He does all he does everything on there. And so we're gonna give him credit. So by the next time you hear us, it will be twenty twenty four. Uh Cole will be a married man. That's right. And uh I don't think it'll change much about his soccer. But he will be a married man, and so we want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. If you're hearing this afterwards, hope you had a great Christmas, and we pray that you will have an incredible and blessed 2024. And as always, we want to say, man, go USA. See ya.